A psychotic Karen almost runs over a kid at a skate park. So some backstory. I wasn't really the type of person to go out, especially on school days, and I had friends who were the exact opposite of me. So once the school day ended, my friends said that they were going to the local skate park. So I just said no, but for some reason they guilt tripped me and I went with them anyways. By then it was already 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening and the sun was setting. Mind you, we were there at about 4 o'clock. Nothing out of the ordinary happened, but today was a very busy day for the skate park, considering it wasn't even a Friday, a Saturday, or a Sunday when it's the most busiest. But then at around 6.30 p.m., we hear what sounds like a grown woman shouting. Now, my neighborhood doesn't have many entitled parents, but today was an unfortunate day, and there was an entitled Karen with her kids near the skate park. Me and my friends approach the place where the screaming seems to come from, and it looks like a kid was getting yelled at by this Karen. She was there with her two kids. Her oldest kid was about 12 years old, and the younger one looked about 7 or 8. So we asked the kid who's getting yelled at, who's also a skater, what happened? And he said he tried doing a kickflip off of some stairs and almost hit her. After he told us what happened, he tried to approach this insane Karen to apologize like any normal person. But the Karen wasn't listening, and she ignored this kid's multiple attempts just to apologize. So she ended up saying, Come on, kids. Let's drop you back home. I don't want to be involved in this. After hearing that, the kid stopped trying to apologize and just kept on skating. After 30 minutes or so, we see the woman in her car, and the kid who almost hit her goes to apologize one last time. He was in front of the car approaching closer and closer to apologize even more before this psychotic Karen drives forward really quickly with intents to run over the kid. Luckily, he fell out of the way and was able to dodge this oncoming car. But in the process, he fell to the ground. As her car moved past the kid and us, she seemed to be cussing at us as if we did something in the first place. But we're just standing by watching this kid on the ground. In the end, though, I never really did see them come back to the skate park. And thankfully for all of us, that's probably a really good thing. There has always been, ever since I was a kid, such a war on skaters. Like, for whatever reason, people really don't like people skateboarding. But then, once you do find a place for skaters to go and participate in their sport, there's still these people who just hang around and get upset when they're trying to do tricks or flips or whatever. Like, if you go to a skate park, you have to expect that, hey, there's going to be people doing all sorts of crazy stuff and you need to be on the lookout. Sometimes people collide with other people. Sometimes people fall and skin a knee or break a bone like that is a part of the sport and you have to be ready for that so it's really weird to me that this Karen just decided suddenly man a kid almost hit me with their skateboard while they're doing a kickflip I'm gonna get upset irrationally like this is not some kind of safety proof environment you're gonna get hurt if you don't know what you're doing or if you're standing in the wrong place at the wrong time I mean just google any situation where there's a bunch of kids on razor scooters strolling through a skate park and some of them get collided and hit like you gotta be careful and the fact that this lady tried to run this kid over with her car after he tried to apologize saying, hey, really sorry you weren't paying attention and I almost hit you with a skateboard. Which, by the way, he didn't. It'd be completely different if he did hit her with a skateboard by accident. Then she might be a little bit more justified to pull her kids out of the skate park and never go back and be upset. But it's the fact that, to me, nobody got hurt, nobody got injured, except for the kid that you almost hit with a car and he ended up falling to the ground. That's the only person that got hurt in this situation, all because you overreacted. So thankfully, this Karen's never going back to that skate park, and these kids are much better off because of that. This next one came from the Am I the Jerk podcast subreddit. Click the links in the description if you'd like to submit your own stories. Am I the jerk for trying to call out my mom for trying to gaslight me? Where do I even start with this? So my mom is the type of person who believes she is always right and never admits when she is wrong or owns up to her wrongdoings. It's her way or the highway. So I am 27 years old, and I was diagnosed 
diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome on the autism spectrum at around 10 to 11 years of age. This means that I suffer from depression, ADHD, anxiety, anxiety attacks, I'm uncomfortable with making eye contact with other people, and I'm often very oblivious to social cues and sarcasm and tend to take a lot of things concretely. My mom knows all of this about me and thinks she knows everything about what I go through, even though she herself isn't on the spectrum and is perfectly functioning. The blatant truth is she doesn't. It's obvious with her words and actions towards me that she knows nothing of the struggles I go through on a daily basis, which are getting worse over time, but no one can change her mind because she's always right. To cut to the main issue, I guess, I don't get the emotional support I need in this household, and I've had to live my life suffering in silence because mental health is so easy to solve if you just do this, this, and this, yada, yada, yada. But in reality, that's just not how mental health works. It can't just be solved by going around pretending you're fine all the time. Whenever I try to call her out on this, she tells me, you're refusing to get help, and switches it on to me, like it's my fault that I'm suffering from a condition I was born with that wires my brain differently from most people. But me being unable to argue because I can't think of arguments on the spot, just let it go to fester and build within me until I bring it up again. I have a therapist now that my mom helped me find through a list of therapists on a website, and I picked the one whose bios best suited me. So I saw her every two weeks, every week now, over the internet, and the things I told her about my mom had her agreeing that my mom is gaslighting me and has been for a very long time. I finally had the confirmation and support of a therapist who can help me work out my issues and tell me things that I've been desperately needing to hear for my emotional neglect all these years. I was getting sick of my mom telling me to get a job even though I told her I'm not ready for another job because my stress threshold is very little and I'll end up having a meltdown after a while when the stress gets to me. But she just doesn't want to hear it because even though she knows the issues I struggle with, she still thinks I can be a fully functioning member of society. So again, she flips it all on me for my emotional issues instead of ever owning up to the anxiety attacks and depression she has caused me and just sweeps it all under the rug. One day I got fed up with her after she sent me into my lowest point I've ever gotten into, especially when it comes to my mental health. So I call her out saying that she's been gaslighting me and never taking my mental health seriously and that even my therapist agrees that she's gaslighting. After I said this, she was angry. She immediately started asking my therapist contact information, but I refused to give it to her and I just walked away upstairs. When my next therapist appointment came around a few days later, my therapist let me know that she received a mile-long email from my mom. I was shocked. My mom went and sent a mile-long email to my therapist behind my back like she was trying to back herself up or something. My therapist, since I'm under privacy, asked me if she should read it or not, but I was so upset by this and my therapist accepted my request to not read it and to just get rid of it. This was a complete violation of my privacy and my mom has no right to butt in and complain to my therapist, which under privacy laws has no obligation or right to respond to her or even her messages. This completely shattered what little trust I had in my mom already. So am I the jerk for calling my mom out for her gaslighting me my whole life or should I have just stayed quiet about it so my mom wouldn't take things out on my therapist? To this day, I have no idea what was on that email, nor do I want to know, and I plan on keeping it that way for my own sake. I don't think you're the jerk at all. I think the way your mom is treating you is absolutely unacceptable. I think you did the best job you possibly could in articulating how bad that they were being, and there is no reason for you to feel any kind of way other than proud that you stood up for yourself. Because that's a big deal. That's a really big step for you. You've grown up with this anxiety and depression surrounding your mom and the way she's treated you about your mental health, and from what you're describing, this 
this was really the first time you stood up to her and told her to stop it. And just like most people when they gaslight you, they don't like being told that they're gaslighting. It really is unfortunate that this is the way she's acting, but it's proof enough that she's in the wrong. She sent an incredibly long email to your therapist, violating any semblance of trust or any kind of relationship that you would have had or do have with your mom. I think actions speak a lot louder than words in this kind of situation. And if anything, that can be a really big, small victory for you in proving your point that yes, she's been treating you poorly your whole life. And yes, she has been gaslighting you. But you are not the jerk. You did the right thing, in my opinion. And eventually you have to just start standing up for yourself. Because if not now, when? If you don't say something now, if you don't try and formulate a plan to set boundaries and to distance yourself away from these emotionally abusive people, you are only allowing them to have more of a foothold in your life. I think making these kind of decisions is really important to make with your therapist because they can help you navigate it. But I think on the fly where you reacted emotionally and the way that you told her straight up what was going on was a good step in the right direction. But hopefully this all gets worked out. Hopefully in the ideal world, your mom sees the error of her ways and she's able to improve her behavior and help you get better. Because having a circle of support in a situation like this is super important. And it sounds like you could really use the love and attention right now. An entitled Karen at the store tried to get the last almond butter from us for her kid, but I wasn't having it. I cannot believe the audacity of some parents. So me and my 13-year-old sister walked to the store yesterday. We picked up some chips and some soda for ourselves. My mom calls and asks if we pick up a healthy snack for her. My mom is currently doing this keto diet to improve her health and to avoid pre-diabetes. Me and my sister go and find her an organic, chocolate, sugar-free almond butter. It was the last one on the shelf. That's when the Karen steps in. Some entitled Karen with a five-year-old walks up behind us and says, He really likes almond butter. Can you make his day and let him have this last one, please? He's growing and he needs good nutrition. Me and my sister look at each other in disbelief. I say, uh, sorry, no, we took it first. This entitled Karen then turns to her kid and tells him that we won't give it up. This kid literally starts screaming and crying as this Karen looks at us and calls us selfish and entitled teenagers, which is ironic based on how she's acting. But honestly, Karen, I'm not giving up healthy food for my mother just because your ugly kid needs nutrition to grow. Get lost. It's crazy how these types of people, these entitled Karens, will go to such lengths just to guilt trip people to get what they want. Like, it's just completely unfair. It's disappointing and it's just disgusting behavior. And you can bet that this behavior and the way this kid freaked out is probably a learned behavior from the mother. Like, what rational parent would allow their kid to just start freaking out in the store just because they're not getting what they want? If I tried that in public, my parents would have punished me and put me in my place. And that would have been that. But to turn to your kid just to intentionally antagonize them so that they can get upset so you can then try to get your way is just really gross and toxic. That kid's going to grow up and be very spoiled and be very messed up. And that's a terrible thing to do to a child. Like, if anything, this could have been a teachable moment to show to your child that sometimes you don't always get what you want. And that's okay. You just move forward and you try again next time. But freaking out because you're not getting the next almond butter or whatever it is is not the answer and it will not result in good results. It will only make people think less of you and look down on you. Overall, though, I'm glad that these kids decided to stick one to this Karen and not cave to their annoying, spoiled little gremlin child. My younger brother thinks he is entitled to live with me forever. So a little bit of backstory. I'm a 33-year-old female and I've been helping out my younger brother, James, who's 30 years old, for the past six years. He didn't have enough money for an apartment to rent on his own and he didn't feel comfortable roommating with a stranger. So we split my two-bedroom apartment and it really has helped me save so that I can buy my own place soon enough. But he went through many struggles. James lost 
lost his full-time job, got really out of shape from just sitting on his computer all day, and thanks to the pandemic and the government paying him to sit at home for over half a year, he now has a lot of trouble keeping a job and is just about broke. He is also the worst roommate ever. He never cleans up or helps around the house at all, and he has been very short or late with rent several times this year. And to be honest, I'm kind of getting fed up. I'm getting married come the new year, and I feel it is time we go our separate ways. When I told him I was getting married and moving out eventually, he said, I would rather keep our situation and just move with you and split the rent three ways. I told him no. Not only do I not want to live with him anymore, but he is untrustworthy with rent, and we don't want to be stuck with a more expensive place if he can't afford his part. He got mad at that and now is being all huffy. Our mom claims he ranted to her about it, saying that if I didn't take him with me that he would just be homeless. Mom doesn't want him moving back to her place either, but asked if I could take him with me, since she doesn't want him to be homeless either. And I'm like, what is going on? I am not his keeper. It's his own fault for his situation, and I have been forgiving. I could have kicked him out for all the times he was late on rent, and our own mom won't take him back, but she is asking me and my fiancé to look after him instead? How stupid is that? He is 30 years old, not a child, and I am not his mother. I am done looking after him, as if he is my responsibility. I don't get how he thinks it's rational to demand I bring him with me when I'm getting married and wanting to start my own life. If you were in my shoes, what would you do? Six years is a long time for a sibling to live with you with not much going on. The fact that this guy has lost his job and has not found any motivation to make his rent on time or to be able to pay for things or to be a good roommate is more than enough reason for you to decide, hey, I don't want them in my life. And you're getting married. There's no way that would work in my mind. But maybe other people in the past in some other situation has made this type of thing work. But from the sounds of it, her brother is just simply not a good roommate. And she's got it right. She is not responsible for him getting by. He is 30 years old. It's time to step up and be an adult. Instead, he's sitting around. He's letting the government pay for his check every day. And he's not able to hold a job. Here's a news flash for you. If you don't enjoy your job, congratulations. A lot of people don't enjoy the job they're working at. But they work at that job so they can then get in the job that they do enjoy. And then you're just going to thrive. But you have to start somewhere. You can't just sit around and expect somebody else to take care of you. You have to take the initiative and get things going. Otherwise, you will never be independent. So overall, I think it's time to cut ties with your brother and move on and get married and have a happy life without him. It will be better off for you and I think it'll be better off for your brother as well. Today, I messed up by pretending to throw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at my son. This happened yesterday at around 2 o'clock p.m. Sunday afternoon and the family was sitting around the living room. My 8-year-old son was hungry, so I offered to grab him an Uncrustable. For the uninitiated, these are prepackaged peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the shape of a circle with the crust removed. We keep a box of them in the freezer for the occasional school lunch. Why the freezer, you ask? Because we put them in the kids' lunch boxes in the morning and they serve as a slight ice pack to keep everything cool until lunch. Because kids are weird, though, they actually like them frozen sometimes and will bite or chew on them when they get them. Thus, he was happy to be offered one so freely when they are normally a treat. I am a goofy dad with my kids, so I like to play lots of little jokes on them. I like being silly. It's fun. I walk back into the room and do a big dramatic baseball pitch or wind up like I'm going to throw the sandwich right at him. When it gets time to release the sandwich, I spin around and I don't throw it. I do it all big and over the top. You probably think you know what's coming next, but nope. My performance goes off without a hitch. I do it a second time and the same result. My son flinches and then laughs. After the second one, I come 
come closer to him, toss it in his lap, and then I make probably my real mistake. I give my son a little tickle, and he is very ticklish, and I generally know that when I tickle him, he has a certain level of freedom to retaliate against me. He also has a tendency towards disproportionate responses and not thinking about his actions, as we'll soon see. I turn to walk away, and after two steps, my son yells, Dad! And I turn back as I take the next step. When I do, he throws the frozen hockey puck of a sandwich at me as hard as he can, and it hits me right in the eye. I didn't have any time to react. It hit me right as I was turning. I have been punched in the face before, but not since high school. But this was worse way worse. It dropped me hard. I'm not some super tough guy, but I've always been a little feisty. I have never had anything drop me like this before. Everyone thought I was being silly, as I would normally be. It was a few seconds later that they realized I was actually in serious pain. My son comes running to me crying, and it is a good 20 to 30 seconds before I could even respond with anything other than groans. After a few minutes of telling people to just give me a minute, I realized that I could open my eye and that it was still working. I have my wife bring me my son, who had fled to his room sobbing, thinking that he had unalived me. But she assured him that I'm okay. I got him calmed down and reassured that it was an accident, but this is why I talked to him about thinking before he acts. I then make a few jokes, which finally makes him realize that I'm really okay. It's been about 21 hours and I still have a headache, although not as bad as yesterday. What is worse today, though, is my black eye. Yes, I received a black eye from a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And hopefully that never happens again. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is a really funny story because my dad would pull little pranks like this on me all the time as a kid. He would take a stack of empty cartons of eggs, hand it to me, and then pretend to drop it all of a sudden. And me, being a child, would think, oh no, I just broke all of the eggs. But in reality, the cartons were empty and there was nothing that was going to go wrong. So I can totally see this dad pretending to throw a peanut butter sandwich at his son. And I can also completely understand that his son would then throw the peanut butter sandwich back at his dad. I don't know what it is, but as a kid, you think that your dad is completely bulletproof and that he can handle just about anything. But this was probably one of the few instances where the son realized, oh, whoops, I actually heard him. Overall, this is a really cute story, and it looks like they had a lot of fun together. And thankfully, there was nothing wrong that actually happened to his eye, besides a few bruises that may just look like cool battle scars. My friend lied to me, telling me that his wife was no longer alive. I found out on accident from a friend, and I don't know what to do. So my friend has been telling me this long, elaborate, very consistent, and very sad story since I have known him, that he married the love of his life at age 20, and she passed away three years later from cancer. Spoiler alert, he probably didn't actually marry her and she is actually quite alive. I did not ever question this story. It was always the same story until recently when he added to it just a little bit. Although sometimes he would talk weirdly about her, not in the same manner as someone who has had a loved one pass away, if that makes sense. And I did wonder a few times, did that happen or is he completely making this girl up? It turns out she is a real person, but they were only engaged, never married, and she is still alive. I found this out completely 
accidentally from his friend. He has been telling me this story for six to seven years now, and I never looked into it or anything. How do I confront him about this? I feel like he isn't going to learn anything if I just ghost him and walk out of his life. He has reacted very badly to being ghosted in the past, and I just don't want to step into that. Apparently, he thinks it's okay to just make up stuff about real people, so who knows what he is saying about me to other people. I did try to confront him by questioning his timelines, and I was going to be like, aha, when something different didn't match up. But he has had this story so well thought out and so carefully scripted that I literally got no openings to say that, hey, I know she's alive. He straight up said, I'm not telling you when I asked what her last name was. So he clearly knows what information to leave out so I don't find out. I don't know if I should just be like, yo, your friend told me about her. You've been lying to me. She's not passed away or something like that. But what should I say? Honestly, it's so awkward. I don't think I can really be friends with this guy anymore, and I deeply regret telling him anything about myself, especially since he decided to start adding that he got married to her on Halloween, a detail he never mentioned in all the years until just the other day. Never mentioned it before, even when I told him about my Halloween wedding to my ex. So he is clearly just taking pieces of other people's lies and crafting up a false narrative. What should I do? You need to drop this supposed friend like a ton of bricks. This person is crazy, or at least something is wrong in their head. It's one thing to over-exaggerate and to try and ham up a story where it's like bigger than it actually is. I think anybody can be like really guilty of that. But this person legitimately said that his former ex-fiance passed away. And this person was never even their wife. They were just someone they were engaged with and then they broke it off. Like that is seriously not okay to kind of make up that lie. For one, you need to absolutely come and approach him and be like, hey, I know you're lying. I would even try and see if the friend who dropped the knowledge on you can join in on this event. Because this might be the only way for this person to stop lying to people. This reminds me of when I was in grade school and people would lie and be like, my dad works for Nintendo. No, he doesn't. He works at some desk job just like the rest of our dads. He hates his job and he wishes he had become a doctor. Don't we all? In all seriousness, though, this guy is not someone you want to be friends with. This is just insane behavior. And you're right. Who knows what he's been saying about you behind your back? So pull him aside, preferably somewhere in public where a lot of people who will possibly know him will see what's going on. And then expose him for the liar that he is. This is not a lie that you can let slide and it'll be especially more effective if that friend is with you and they can back you up and be like, yeah, no, you're lying. Because people like this are really dangerous if you really think about it and no one should get away with lying about a wife that they never had just to get some weird kind of attention. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description and the next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright free music to use for your next stream.